What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Yo Christian Podcast. Thanks for tuning in again. Codis is playing games today. He's feeling yeah, lively. So, Dude, uh, I missed my dance for this. Bro, I'm okay, so sorry. No, don't. I'm, I'm so sorry I had to take you out of ballerina. That's yeah. so sad. I'm sorry. Hey, hey, do you like playing you. like a, a leotard, like the, the tutu? <laughs> don't talk to me. No, okay. you. That's, that's right, toxic, right, man. Right. That's toxic. All right, all right. Define toxic. It's you. just all in good fun. Ooh, it's fast. <laughs> all right, so we're going to talk about Romans chapter 9 today. We're going to continue the yes. series on the book of Romans. Um, so, Cody, do you want to tell us what, uh, what Romans chapter 8 was about? Yeah, so pretty much, I guess, the main thing was talking about the flesh and the spirit and how, the, to sum it up, the biggest point was we cannot serve the flesh and we cannot serve God at the exact same time. That was basically a mm-hmm. big takeaway there. And then, so, yeah, I was pretty much talking about uh, having your mind set on faith and not set on the flesh because the flesh leads to death, but sure. the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Yep. So uh, pretty right. much, yeah, sums up it pretty much. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I really liked how it ended. And he said, mm-hmm. I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Ooh. anyways, yeah. there's a really nothing. cool redemption thread. Let me read it here. So okay. pretty much Romans eight, God is changing believers to be more like Jesus. We are God's children. Freed from sin and adopted into God's family. Because Jesus died on the cross, God the Father welcomes us and promises a future with him forever. Mm. Good Facts. redemption. Yep. Facts. I like that. <laughs> All right. So with that, that being said. The, yeah, right. So that was the Romans chapter 8 summary. So this is going to be the Romans chapter 9. Um, Codus, do you have any thoughts before we just dig into it? No. That's, okay. That's full full right. send, man. Then let's full send it. All right. So pretty, pretty long out. chapter. Jeez. It's it's a good one though. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, so Paul starts out by expressing love, um, and he says mm-hmm. that he's uh, so that love is willing to sacrifice himself. So that's how he expresses the love starting out. And so he's like, I really wish that because he expre- he's expressing the love for the Jews, and so he's really he's just mm-hmm. kind of saying, look, I'd rather die so that they could be saved. And so that's what this chapter is addressed towards the Jews within the Church of Rome. And again. If you haven't seen the other podcast, the church in Rome is primarily Jewish with very few Gentiles in it. So mainly the book of Romans is, again, to the church in Rome, but mainly towards Jews. So, or at least recently converted Jews. And so he goes in to talk about how Jews are God's children. Of course, they're the people of Israel. And so he says that the Jews had it good. You know, God revealed his glory to them. And he's, of course, talking throughout the Old Testament Jews at this point. And he said that God uh, made covenants with them and he, uh, they had the law, the law to show them the way. Um, and then they, uh, he, God allowed them to worship and receive his promises. And so he just goes on to talk about, you know, how Jews had it good with God. And so, because of course they were the only ones that knew the true God. And then he goes in to say that God is worthy of eternal praise and that Gentiles can be saved as well. And then that reminded me of Galatians chapter three, I think it's verse 27, but uh, it says that um, through Christ Jesus, all are made equal. And that's, it says, whether you're Jew, Gentile, yeah. man, or woman, we are all made equal. In Christ Jesus. And so um, Gentiles can be saved too. And so again, because he's writing to the, the Jewish or the Jews in the church of Rome um, at the time, he's trying to remind them because if you have any sort of a biblical historical context, then you know that Jews had a hard time accepting Gentiles because mm-hmm. this, their, their entire life, they were told the Gentiles couldn't be saved. Yeah. Um, and so, or rather they weren't the, the, um, they weren't the heirs to God's love, God's, you know, kingdom. And so they just had a tough time with it. And so, um, when these Gentiles started coming in through, of course, Christ Jesus, when he said, go and baptize, you know, people of all nations, um, and make disciples of all nations, it means Gentiles too. So anyways, um, so 
And then he goes in to talk about what being descendants of Abraham means. He said that descendants of Abraham uh, doesn't make you saved. Like the physical mm-hmm. descendants of Abraham does not make you saved. He said that faith is what saves. And so yes. an equivalent of that is going to church. And this is just my own applicability here. Going to church doesn't make you saved. It is the faith that saves you. So you can go to church every Sunday and not be saved. Yeah. You can go yeah. to church every Sunday and not have true faith. So what you need to yeah, do. Because I mean. Need, yeah. Oh, keep going. Sorry. I don't want to interrupt oh. you there. No, no, you're good. Go ahead. Anyway, I think Romans, not Roman, Matthew 6, I think, talks about that. You know, like, there's going to be a time. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, dude, we cast out demons in your name. You know, we do all these amazing miracles in your name. He's going to be like, yo, depart from me, because I never knew yeah. you, you know? That's I love right. that. I yeah. love that. Yeah, absolutely. People have the head knowledge, but they don't have the heart knowledge, you know? Facts. So it's, 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 it's really true. That's just how it is. And that's how I was for the longest time. Just Yeah, I, me too. Yeah, I was raised in church. I, I, I had the head knowledge. I answered all the Bible school, like the little Sunday school questions. I even went throughout a lot of my life answering questions. And people would come to me to answer questions, but I had the head knowledge and I have the heart knowledge. I didn't have the real raw relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but so going back to it, so Abraham's physical descendants does not mean that they are necessarily children of God. But children of God are all Abraham's descendants. Because if you remember the promise that God made Abraham, he said that you will have many descendants. You will go and, you know, uh, I forget the exact terminology, the, the diction that was used, but he will be the father of many nations, I think is what it was. And so he's saying here, or he clarifies that just because they were his physical son does not mean that they were saved. It mm-hmm. is only because I think it was Esau that wasn't saved, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. But anyways, so but uh, so then he goes in to say that Isaac was the son God promised to Abraham and Sarah. And so mm-hmm. that is the one that was promised. That is the one that had faith. And so God chooses people. Okay, this is where it gets really interesting in Romans chapter 9. Okay, he's, so you got to keep up with me. There's a, I have a linear right. chart here for a reason. All right, so he goes on to say that God chooses people by his will, not because of good or bad actions. So let's talk about that for a second, Codus. So when it says that God chooses people by his will, not because of good or bad actions, does that mean that we can do good things to gain glory in God's sight so that God will use us to impact his kingdom more. I don't think so. No. Correct. Nice. I thought I worded it in a way that was tricky. You did good. Um, so no, you're absolutely right. It's nothing. There's nothing that we can do to better ourselves in God's eyes. There is absolutely nothing. It is purely his will. All right. It has nothing to do with our actions. And so then he goes on to say, uh, it's, it's like, a how God told Sarah, which, uh, that the older son would serve the younger, before either had even been born. Mm-hmm. So, so before their actions, before they were born, so they had no actions. So before they were born, God chose which one was going to serve the other. So it's all just a part of God's will. So does this mean because God chooses people by his will, not because of their actions, does this mean that God is unfair? Codis, what do you think? I don't, you know, I don't think God is unfair. I think he's a fair and just God. I, I would agree with that. Now, and this is what Paul says. He says, no. He says, God shows mercy to anyone that he chooses, and he shows his, his compassion to anyone he chooses. Mm-hmm. So, for example, he uses Pharaoh. So Pharaoh, if, as we know, according to Moses, like Pharaoh stopped the Hebrews from leaving Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, he tried. And so he used yeah. Pharaoh, and he used Pharaoh's hardened heart to do God's perfect good plan, his good will. And so mm-hmm. Paul goes on to say, look, Pharaoh, his purpose was to deploy God's – or sorry, um, display God's power – and spread God's fame. That's what it was. I wrote very sloppy. So, um, but yeah, his, Pharaoh's purpose was to display God's power and spread God's fame. Now, 
again, because Pharaoh, his heart was hardened both by himself and by God. Um, that I mean, it just goes back to the, the point that I always make all the time, Curtis, is that God can use bad for his good as well as he can use good for his good. Yeah. And so um, it, people tend to forget about that. But, you know, look at Pharaoh, as uh, Paul says. Then let's talk about this for a second. Is that fair? Is it fair that God uh, uses some people according to his will and not their actions rather than others? Is it fair that God uses people uh, in a way that promotes his will or rather that's a, that's a positive for his kingdom in our eyes? Maybe I'm, I'm just wording it too much. Is it fair that God uses some people and not others that benefit his kingdom? That's a better way to put it. I don't know. That's. Some people are meant for some things. Some people aren't meant for some things. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. Because like some people, they're meant to be a Billy Graham. Some people are not meant to be a Billy Graham. Uh huh. You're absolutely right. You (laughs) want to know what Paul says? (laughs) Tell me what he says. So uh, an example is like people be like, "That's not fair," and then Paul says, "Who are we to argue with God?" That's what he says. So um, yeah, who are we to argue with God? And then this, I love this analogy. Okay. So he, he goes in to talk about a potter, and he says, a potter can use the same clump of clay to make two jars, one for decoration and one for trash. Mm-hmm. So we are all made from clay. We're all made from dirt. Mm-hmm. So in this analogy, God is the potter, and he uses, he, like, he created us out of dirt. Mm-hmm. And so God can make, as the potter, he can make two different, de- or, uh, two different pots, one mm-hmm. that is made for decoration and one that is made for trash. One that is made to, to do good things for God on earth and one that is made to do bad things on earth. God can do that. So, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Why? Because God is perfect and good and just. And who are we to argue with him, right? Yeah, so, very true. Um, so both Jews and Gentiles are selected in advance, as Paul goes on to say. Each has a purpose, good and bad. So this goes in and talk about predestination. So Kodos, I've talked about, you know, for the last four months that we would probably have a conversation about free will versus predestination and we've kind of talked a little bit about it before and we've basically talked about what i'm going to say again um but it is both so god predestines everything he knows everything but yet we also have complete free will to choose because god can change his mind god can change his mind but also yeah yeah but because we know that because of moses and jonah and all these things because people pray and he changes his mind but we have the choice to enact what we want to do just because God doesn't know it doesn't mean that we don't have the choice or sorry, just because God knows it doesn't mean that we don't have the choice. And so I, I say the story all the time and just because it's fitting, I'll go through the whole story again. But, um, Codis is like the 15th time you probably heard it, but it's fine. So, um, when I was a kid, my dad was grilling steaks on the grill and my brother and I were playing out or whatever outside. And so my brother, uh, my dad walked away from the, the grill. My brother walked over to the grill and he held his hand over the grill. My dad turned around, saw it, and he said, Dun, son, don't put your hand on that grill. And, uh, and so he said, that'll hurt. And then my brother, he put his hand on the grill and the next thing you know, he's screaming because it hurt. Right. And mm-hmm. so just because the father knew it was going to happen, he knew the son was going to hurt his hand. Doesn't mean that the son didn't have the choice to choose to put his hand on the grill. Does that make sense? So, um, the father knew the outcome, just like God knows the outcome, but you and I being the son here, of course, in the analogy, mm-hmm. not, but, uh, being the son, we are his adopted children, but, um, if we're saved, but being the son, we have the choice to put our hand on the grill. So um, that's how we know that uh, predestination and both free will are able to coexist together. So, um, but let's keep going. So 
Um, Gentiles being saved was actually prophesied in Hosea chapter 2, fun fact. So this is just what Paul is going into um, and talking about. And again, this is Romans chapter 9. Um, and so again, because he's addressing the Jews who don't, or they're, they're having a hard time accepting the Gentiles into the church, he goes into explain why Gentiles and how Gentiles, according to Scripture now, he's, he's, he's gone through the logical argument, but now he's going through Scripture. Um, and so now he's explaining in Scripture how we know that Gentiles now have the availability to be saved. And he says that Gentiles can be saved, and it was prophesied in Hosea chapter 2. He says Isaiah prophesied uh, only a few Jews would be saved, and that's Isaiah chapter 10, 28, and chapter 1. And he says, so what? So Gentiles not trying to live right by God's standards. And this is verse 30. He says, so, um, so he goes in to talk about, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but I'm just going to kind of summarize it. So he goes in to talk about how the Jews, so they would live by the law. And because mm-hmm. they were so focused on the law, they weren't trusting in God. But because mm-hmm. of Gentiles, so the Gentiles, they did not live by God's standards but ultimately now, because of Christ Jesus, we are then able to learn to trust in God because we are not bound by the law is what he's talking about. And so um, I'll just restate what I said to make it make more sense. So Gentiles not trying to live right by God's, great, or by God's standards were made right with God because of their trust. And so they are saved by faith, and by faith this took place. So, G, uh, so the Jews weren't saved because, they, like I said before, they, were, uh, they tried to get right by keeping the law and not trusting God. And then, but here's the thing. God did this purposefully. God gave the Jews the law and made it to where the law had been fulfilled on purpose. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the, this is the this is explains God's sovereignty so well, and this right. is the very this is the very end of Romans chapter nine. He says that God did this purposefully to weed out the bad ones, to weed out the bad Jews, because not all Jews were saved. Because they trusted in the law rather than trusting in God is what he's saying, and so because they trusted in the law. They weren't actually saved. Um, so anyway, so that just shows the importance of trusting in God. Am I right? But uh, so now Jews and Gentiles both alike can trust in God. And it's just so cool to me. That's the end of the chapter. But it's just so cool to me how when you look at the, uh, the biblical context, when you look at things chronologically speaking, how everything evolves in such a way. And it just really just details God's sovereignty through it all. But how everything lines up in such a way to where it fulfills itself continually. And then it, it, it continually evolves. It continually adapts. And so when you look at, I mean, li- literally starting with Adam and Eve, like in how it started, like they started in heaven on earth. And, but they were given the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life, but they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because without that tree there, they had no free will. But then because they ate or they chose to eat the fruit of the tree, it then enabled sin to enter this world. And because of the sin that had entered the world, God's, the rest of God's sovereign plan had been enacted. So God's sovereign plan, God knew what Satan was going to do when in heaven. He knew that he was going to rebel. He knew that his pride was going to take over. Satan's pride was going to take over and that he was going to try to rebel and, and uh, overthrow God. God knew that. God mm-hmm. also knew what would happen once he cast Satan down to earth. So that's why he chose to cast Satan down to earth rather than just casting Satan and his demons into immediate hell. There's a reason for that all. And it is all for you and me. And that's what I, I find is just absolutely mind-blowing is God's sovereignty through it all, all so that you and I could have the opportunity to live in eternity with the Father. Like, like that, job, it's, 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 it's insane to me. It really is. He did all that for you.
just want to let that uh, yeah i want to let that simmer for a minute why is there evil in the world short answer because god loves you why did god we made a whole video about why there's evil we made a whole video about why god allows it we sure did and if you want to learn more about it it go check it out yeah go check it out pretty good but why did god boy takes the lead (laughs) yeah you did good with that one too thank you thank you but why did God cast Satan down to earth? Because he loves you. <laughs> why does God allow bad things to happen? In short, because he loves you. He wants us to have free will. Yeah, exactly. And people are like, oh, yeah, that's so loving. But that's why you have to go find out this, the, the long answer so you can truly understand how it is loving. Um, but it's all just so you can have free will, like Coda said. So um, if God stopped evil from happening, if God stopped Anything that is, or if God intervened right now in a divine way and stopped all evil from happening, that would not be loving. Because that would remove the opportunity of choice. And by removing the opportunity of choice, it removes the opportunity of true love. So, why do bad things happen? Because God loves you. So congratulations, mm-hmm. you are loved. Um, and if you aren't saved, he extends to you a merciful love. He loves you. Um, and if you are a child of God, he extends to you an unconditional love, an agape love. And it is, and Codus, you say, you and I both say all the time on this podcast, once you truly experience God's love, there is no turning back. Yeah, once you get saved, you ain't getting back. No, like once you truly experience the love, like you don't want to go back. You no. don't, you, in fact, once no. you truly experience God's love, you will stop living in sin. You will immediately oh, yeah. turn from your ways. And that, when I say immediately, that doesn't mean that you can't fall back sometimes. Like I said, I made a video on it before. There's a difference between living in sin and falling into sin. But once you find God's love, once you experience God's love, mm-hmm. you will do absolutely everything in your power to ensure that you love him back. So, um, Codus, what are your thoughts? Nothing, man. I don't got any thoughts up in this big old noggin. That was pretty <laughs> good, though. It's a, it's, a, it's a good chapter. It's small, but it's... It is a good chapter. Packs a punch. It does. It's, uh, it's definitely a, a theological chapter in terms of, mm. like I said, the free will predestination stuff. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I know you had a long day um, with, with football and, and school and all that fun stuff, so... Um, <laughs> And yeah, heck, it's 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 relatively late too. So yeah, but um, so if you've heard this podcast, and I, I just told you about God's love, I just told you how He loves you, and I explained to you why evil is allowed so that He can love you. I just explained all this to you. And so if you've you've heard about God's love for you, and you want to experience the love that Codus and I have talked about, that the love that changes us in such a way that we try to. Uh, remove the the fleshly desires that we have when we try to truly show our love to him. If you want to experience the love that causes that love, if you want to experience the love that causes life change, then Codus has a prayer for you. Repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Please forgive me and come into my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Now please help me to live the rest of this life for you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Make sure you go follow our socials. Check out our website. Um, go give it a look. If you ever have any questions, feel free to Instagram us, uh, DM us on Instagram, and uh, because that's the best, where, best place for us to uh, respond. 
Um, we love to answer your questions. And uh, with all that being said, y'all go Godspeed.